Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team who are having serious issues winning football matches at the moment. Anyway, we'll have more on our fourth league defeat on the bounce shortly. Plus, later in the show, Frankie serves me up another one of his spicy questions. But before we get into all that, Frankie, how are you? It was great to see you on Saturday, regardless of the result. How are you keeping? I feel so much better for having seen you and uh, our good friend Dan, who's actually been on the podcast before, went to review a West Brom game last season. Um, he was a very good speaker on the, on this podcast, if I do say so on his behalf. You know, it was good to see your face and to be able to go out and um, defeat you at bowling. Yes, uh, you, that you did. Yeah, I had a I had a miserable time of bowling, Frankie. I was quite disappointed in myself because um, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm. I wouldn't say I'm a bad bowler. You know, no, I you're not. I would be quite competitive, but mm. I think my issue was I was giving it too much welly. You know, yeah. it was too. I was too much power, not enough direction or finesse. Whereas yeah. uh, you know, I was watching you. I thought you know you looked very. You looked very sharp. Uh, yeah, you were the you were the man to beat, and I just I couldn't do it. Yeah, it was. Um... I don't know. I just felt calm that day, you know, um, walked out there. I'd sort of given myself a little pep talk before I walked up. And then uh, once I hit a strike, I ran around the entire bowling arena screaming, are you proud of me, dad? Does this make you proud of me at last? Um, so yeah, dad. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Um, and then, but then you got your revenge soon after at the, uh, it was the uh, London crazy golf invitational. You got your revenge in that. That was the most insane mini golf I've ever played in a pub before. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was. It was. In, I mean, it was very Shoreditch. I have to say, very um, Shoreditch. It was. Uh, so it was in. It was in a pub, and it and it involved. <laughs> it involved, you know, two floors. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, it was. It was very random. Um, there was one which involved sort of you had to hit it up this vertical slope <laughs> so the ball double backed onto itself onto a like a i don't know it was like a it was like a um right half cut out drain pipe half cut out drain pipe <laughs> and then it had to sort of roll down there and then sort of bounce its way to as close to the hole as it could go i mean that was just impossible mm. you just basically had to black your way through most of it so i wouldn't say i won it with any great sense of skill it was pure it was fluke i don't know i think it was, take, it was an impressive I'll take, I'll take the showing. Wins where i can thank well thank you very yeah. much um what i must say about that i think that that drain pipe it'd be hilarious if the the bar next door to that bar is looking around going like why is our sewage going out on the road <laughs> like, what, who's cut our bloody pipe why would you do that um yeah. and that ball kept bouncing back on that exact hole almost smashing the window like every time it's like how <laughs> How has this window not been smashed yet? And how has it not whacked someone on the head? I know it's, <laughs> it was it, it was weird because it's like people were, were were like whacking these because there was there was like a hen party behind us. Oh, they they, and they were, were up giving for it. it. They were seriously up for it, and they were whacking the ball hither and thither. Yeah. Um, and it was, and it, I, I mean, like you know, if you're if you're a bartender, they were sort of like knocking out the way, <laughs> flying everywhere. I was like, how is this a functioning pub? Yeah. How are people here like actually working, serving drinks when you've got see, golf balls flying over people's heads all the time? Yeah. It was just, it was very, it was very London. As someone who hasn't, you know, doesn't live in London and hasn't yeah. been there for a while, it, it felt like it was very, very sort of. Very Shoreditch, as I yeah. said. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what, it though, it was, it was no ghetto golf. That's what we like in Birmingham, up in Digbeth. If you've never been to ghetto golf, 
Um, actually, I should get them to pay for the advertisers, shouldn't I? If you've never been to Ghetto Golf, <laughs> it's, it's, it was good laugh when I went there with Dan, actually, last you time. You did go with Dan. No, I, I didn't yeah. go that time, but I saw the pictures. It looked it looked good. And can I just go back to the uh, the pub that we watched the game uh, in? So yes. bearing in mind, this was in North London. Um, so there were, there, were fair, there were a couple of Spurs fans in there for sure. Yeah, were, but, then, yeah. but then I saw a couple of people who were like booing you know, Spurs playing and, and, and cheering and Villa had their chances and stuff. I was like, hold on a minute. But yeah, Villa fans in North London. And then they turned around and they both had Arsenal uh, training jackets on. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, right, yes, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we were the only Villa fans there, uh, uh, obviously, I guess. But um, yeah, I, it, was a, it was a sobering game, 4-0. It was a strange one because, Frankie, I've complained many times in this podcast, signing like a broken record, that we start games very slowly. Hmm. And uh, and our first the first half normally is 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 the weaker of the two halves that we play, but complete op- complete opposite yeah. situation against Spurs. How, what did you what did you make of it? He said it was a sobering experience, and indeed, I'd had about four pints by the time the fourth goal went in, and I truly <laughs> sobered up when that hit the back of the net. Yeah, um, and it you know uh, they were also showing the Grand National beforehand, and I, and I was up in arms when they wouldn't change the channel That's after right, the race yeah. had finished, and then as soon as they changed the channel, Son scored. Um, so <laughs> turn it back. Uh, yeah, I was kind of like, mm, if you want to see the post-match interviews in the Grand National, just watch that for the rest of the day. I, I don't mind. Um, but, yeah, like first half, I mean, Villa were absolutely excellent. And I saw a fair number of tweets out there saying that it was the best half that's in, in the Steven Gerrard era. Um, yeah. So and I, I'd have to agree. I think I think Villa were absolutely all over Tottenham. Spurs, anytime they got the ball, they couldn't really seem to hold on to it. Um, they looked a bit flustered, panicked. We created a lot of chances. And the difference was... Spurs got one difficult chance and a world-class player finished finished it. Um, it was gifted to him, you could argue. Um, Conza wasn't great. Um, but then Villa had a number of, you'd say, simpler chances, particularly Danny Ings, and just didn't take them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's the difference, isn't it? And then second half, you're always setting yourself up for trouble, no matter how well you're playing. If you're not taking your chances... And Spurs have the quality of attackers that they do, um, and we have the vulnerabilities that we do on the counter. And we were always in real danger of going two 0 down quite quickly, and that's exactly what happened. And as soon as that happened, you just felt either Villa get a goal quickly, or this was just going to get worse, and it will feel totally unjustified. And it was surreal to think, eventually, when it was four 0 that it was that scoreline. But that's the way it is. You just it just all just didn't go right in the sense you know if we're taking a chance first half who knows but you know it just exposed again you know vulnerabilities on the counter um the switch of play you know um i think of the the one goal where kane came running forward and did that little look over his shoulder and headed it onto son and you just know son's going to finish it you just know he will um but it was kind of it was just villa were kind of just looked weird, I thought, at that point. You know, concert coming up beside Kane. And it just left all this acres of space behind him. Um, and, and Kane was kind of up by the halfway line. Mings was way back behind concert. You kind of think where Kane was is probably where Louise should have been. Hmm. I'm not I'm not a tactical expert. I'm not going to say I am, but I, that, that to me just looked quite strange. 
Um, yeah. So Villa's structure, getting caught on the break, it's a problem. And uh, so it was again against Spurs. And I think the most disappointing goal was probably the fourth, I think it was, where Kulisevsky just seems to have all day to pick his player out, Son, and he just finished it. And so weird, a weird result. You could argue it wasn't justified. Villa had the more chances, they had the more passes, they had more possession. But when you play a, t- a team with those attackers and with that quality of a manager, you don't take your chances 4-0. That's what can happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I think I think in the second half, for some reason, we did look shapeless. And and we lost... We, we, I think we just lost belief. I think as soon as the second goal yes, went yeah. in, then, then heads dropped and we just stopped doing the basics right really we stopped kind of pressing as high um we just we just yeah just our confidence ebbed away and um they knew that was it game the the game the game was up um you know if we talk about the first half spurs obviously scored early on you know to be fair it was a great finish from from son the sort of ball ricocheted around the penalty area for a bit and it came to him on his left foot and he sort of hit the hit the hit the post on the way in it was a great finish um but it was kind of against i mean it was against the run of play i don't think they had a, a chance before that um and then as far as the first half went they didn't really have a chance after that it was all it was all us and um i think a really disappointing game for for danny ings i don't know whether it was a fact you know he, he might be a little bit rusty having not played the last game but two really guilt edged chances as far as yeah. he's concerned but someone with his kind of finishing acumen you know he, he oh, really scored at least at least one of them I, I mean, there yeah. was the one where you know Coutinho set up that wonderful chance for him really it was that that, that set piece where he sort of dinked it over the top and yeah at all the time he was free at all the time the world to gauge his his, uh, his volley and, and and fluff that one up and the same um, uh, the same from a I think it was a Watkins flick on um, she should have done way better with just really really bad um you could talk about you know the begin shots, all that. So you know we 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 played as as you said. I think we played as well as we've played all season under under Jared in that first half. We just couldn't find, um, couldn't the back find of the, the net. Uh, yeah, the back of the net, and 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 that was. And I said to you in the pub, I said, you know, this is going to cost us. You know, we yeah. you, you can't you can't not take chances against a team like Spurs and expect them to just sort of just take it. Um, and obviously Conte had his had the chance at half time then to to get into his players and and um demand more from them and they came out second half and they just they just delivered. They would they were very just economical, uh, I think yeah. is the best way to describe them. They didn't have many chances, but essentially every chance that they had, they scored. Um and right. then Son and Kane, they have the you know, in terms of a partnership, I don't think there's a better partnership in the Premier League. When they're on form, uh, yeah. Aiden Son, as, as as we said, we said in the last show, you know, that's that we expected them to play a huge part in um, their victory, as it turned mm. out to be, and so it proved. So, yeah, so that was that was disappointing that we just yeah. we just couldn't handle it second half, and um, yeah, that's that's yeah, it's very it, unfortunate. It's a it's a difficult moment for Ezri Konza. Uh, I think I've waxed lyrical about him on here. I've, I've said he's a, he got it all to be a world class defender. I really believe he has that capability. I don't think he's the the, the leading John Terry in a defender. I think he's the player who plays beside a John Terry. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, 
you know, similar to what Ricardo Carvalho might have been back in the day for Chelsea. But, um, you know, that's the kind of level I think he could potentially get to. But, uh, yeah, in recent games or, well, you know, last couple of months, you could argue he's not had his best spell. Um, that just happens to players sometimes and he'll he'll, he'll come through it because he's too good. Um, but uh, it's leading to uncertainty in the back. And I, I think you'd... You know, he had a he had a tough game against Tottenham, I think. And uh, if Callum Chambers was to come back in for the next game at Leicester away, um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't be complaining about that. Mm. Yeah, but nor nor should nor should we really. I mean, as we, we we've said before, that no player should should be guaranteed a spot in in the team, regardless of kind of um, you know. Uh, status or whatever um i think i think and i don't think gerard would, would do that anyway he seems like someone who um who, who will change things if he feels he needs to um i think again what the game highlighted was how far we are away from the, the top clubs you know where where we want to be where we want to go mm. uh and um yeah i mean particularly against spurs what seventh straight win for them at villa park now yeah them. it's ridiculous uh, so it's ridiculous. Um, They've got a obscenely good record against us um, in in the league in recent years. So so it's a shame that we couldn't do anything about that on Saturday. But you mm-hmm. know, you know, roll on next season. And I think that there will be there will be. I mean, as we've said before, there'll be there'll be changes in this squad in this side, no doubt. Um, Commanding uh, physical presence. That is what we need, as we've said. Time yeah. and time and time again. It would yeah, not well, solve everything, but it would make a big difference. I think. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, with the with the goals on scored with with Kane's flick on, you know, if you if you had someone who uh, was um, disciplined enough to to stay in that position, then mm. Concer would have would have dropped further back, and uh, and that and that defensive midfielder would have would have been on Kane. So yeah, it's it, again, it's a. But it's a positional thing, but you're right. That physicality is is needed. I think, yeah, I think, it, I mean, it's testament to how good a player Louise is. I think Louise is actually a really, really good midfielder. Um, it's a testament to how good he is that he's the man who's put in that defensive midfield role of all the different midfielders we have. Um, even though it's not his natural position, he's, he's a, I think we would see the best of Douglas Louise and John McGinn, if they were both allowed to play further forward, get more involved in attacks and had someone behind them who is just a solely, well, you know, Marvellous Nakamba probably well, is yeah. that who, sort of position. Who but. was on the bench against Spurs. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see whether he comes actually into the yeah. into the into the lineup against Leicester. Because because the thing is when the Camber back, then it then it does create that flexibility doesn't mm. it with the, the players that play in front of him Gerard yeah. can decide then to play Louise in a more advanced role and maybe Louise can show us what it's all what he's all about playing in a much more familiar position mm. um because because the thing is if we decide to sell Louise this summer which seems likely seeing as he doesn't seem close to signing a contract he's only got 12 months left mm. after this year um he, I know I have no doubt he'll go on to a club and 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 do really well. I I don't want him to be a player that we sell and regrets that we sold him. Mm. Um, but ultimately, you know, he's he's not playing in his favoured position, and I suppose that must frustrate a player when when you're you're playing in an unfamiliar position. You've got fans criticising you for your performance, mm. um, and could... you're probably thinking, well, you know, it's not where I, it's it's not where I'm comfortable playing. So 
I could see him at a proper name club, Inter, AC Milan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I, I could, I just, if you went to somewhere like that, I'd be like, yeah, I could believe that. Yeah, and absolutely. And then, then yeah. we'll all be like, why did we, leave, why did we let Louise go? Well, he's a, um, he's a what? He's a 22, 23 year old Brazilian international midfielder. Yeah. You know, he, he's he, he, that that in itself makes him a very a very sort of valuable commodity. Mm. Uh, and and as I say, like you know, he's he's a good he's a good player. He is. We've we've seen it. You know, we yeah. have seen. You know, we talked about his performances in the season that we stayed up um, towards the end. He was our best player. Uh, uh, he was fantastic. And and he, he's shown glimpses of that since. But, but you know, but again, it's he's been limited in terms of ways he's been playing. So yeah. you've just got to take that into consideration. Yeah, it's... Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think Marvellous Nakamba coming back is, and us signing a, a CDM and all that is going to solve all of Villa's issues but I just as I keep saying I think we I think we will be better off a bit I think we'll be more balanced as a, as a, as a first 11 and I also think that when Nakamba was playing kind of at the start of Gerard's reign I thought Villa just looked better I think we we, we were playing better um, I don't think it's necessarily coincidental that we've had very very patchy form since we've not had a dedicated player in the role that Nakamba fills. That's just my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. And you can unfollow me on Twitter if you want. If you disagree with that, block me, <laughs> mute me, do whatever you want. Just imagine there's like a tsunami of unfollows. So, so I'm like, I can't see way. anyone on Twitter. I'm like, <laughs> Joe Biden blocked me? Joe, the Pope? <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine me. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be the one I'd, be, I'd genuinely be crying over. All Villa, No Filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. If the flame emoji could represent any segment on a football podcast, it would surely be all Villa, no fillers, very own spicy question. It's here where we cover the controversial topics and even sometimes get the creative juices flowing. Today, George, I'm asking you, Steven Gerrard is 21 games into his time at Villa. Eight wins, two draws, 11 losses, 38% win percentage. Just made that up at the top of my head right now. Do you still believe he's the right man for Aston Villa? Ooh. 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 Uh, well, I um yeah, uh yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. No, that's but, the end of the segment. That was that, that is was it. Good, that was no, I don't need to, don't to justify it. Um yeah. no, he, no, he, I I think absolutely. I think you've got to you've got to trust him. I mean, for for one thing, I I, I just hate uh, I don't want us to go into kind of like you know the Watford model of just sacking managers as soon as they hit a sticky patch because it's yeah. just not it's just not the way it's just not the way you way you build success you know it just it just it just isn't I mean you might look at the Chelsea example but Chelsea also have bucket loads of cash to chuck at any manager that they they please so you know it doesn't work for clubs that work in a kind of a normal traditional model. Um, but but yeah, you've got to you've got to trust him. Um, I mean clearly he was the manager that the owners wanted that the ceo wanted as soon as they decided to 
relieve Dean Smith of his uh, responsibilities. He was the main man. So, you know, they, they brought him in. And, and and you've got to bear in mind, you know, at Rangers, okay, he's still relatively inexperienced. And you talk about, I don't know, you can talk about the Scottish League or the negatives and positives of that that league all you want, but he, he did find success there. Also, he's a bit he's a big name. He's a he's a he's a guy that can entice players to the club, players like Felipe Coutinho. Mm. And 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 I think as well that you know, he you can't judge him necessarily on this season anyway, because he, he came in sort of halfway through. Um, you know, he's playing players there he didn't sign. Okay, yes, in January we we made a few signings, but by and large, the players he's picking aren't ones that he signed. Um and also, you got to bear in mind as well that even when he started at Rangers, he didn't have a great start. He had to work through challenges to build a team that was as dominating as it was in Scotland by the time he left. You know, it's not easy to. I mean, people talk about you know uh, the SPL is a two horse race, and okay, yeah, it, it 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 is and has been historically for many years. But where Rangers came from, I mean, Rangers was dis- were dissolved as a club fifteen years ago. And they had to build themselves back up from scratch. And okay, they always had the fan base and the and the ground and everything. But you know, they, 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 that was a huge rebuild job to do. And Gerard was the one who won them the SPL after after all those years in the wilderness. In you very know, impressive was, style as well. Yeah, yeah, very impressive style. You know, he cha- he changed the way that they played. And they did well in Europe as well. Don't forget that. They did brilliant, yeah, excellent results in 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 Europe. Um, you know. I, I, you know, bearing in bearing in mind, if you talk about the European results, bearing in mind, you know, the Scottish league isn't particularly strong. They don't, it doesn't have a big pulling power in terms of bringing in lots of talent. Yeah. So Gerard did what he could in terms of mentoring or his his his, 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 his tactical ability as well to try and bring the most out of the, the resources that he had. And and I think the evidence sort of speaks for itself. Um, he, he's a man that wears his heart on his sleeve. I think that could rub some fans up the wrong way to hear him sort of you know, he does criticize himself but he also criticizes players which mm. you know some some fans might it's not risky. like to hear it's risky. It's, it, it is risky it is risky because you think you could you could quite, quite easily lose a, lose a dressing room doing stuff like that yeah. but he's a big enough character to deal with it absolutely and I don't think he really cares too much I think if he felt that a player t- took that sort of uh, line badly then he'd just get rid of them he'd just sell them on and bring in a player that wouldn't mind hearing stuff like that from time to time yeah. um so it, it's we, we are going through a real rebuild uh at the moment you know smith was with us for a, a long time um in football terms anyway um you know he, he, smith took us over when we were a completely different team you know we were we were struggling in the championship and he you know battled battled with us to get us up and battled with us to keep us in the Premier League and everything else but now we're an you know we're an established Premier League team and we want to push on again into Europe so we're a different club that Gerard's taken over so he needs to be given time to to help us get there um he's a big enough name to help us get there mm. um and he just need he just needs more time i i just think you know we get a we get a, a full pre-season under our belts he makes a decision over the course of the summer in terms of who he wants to who he wants to get rid of, and then let's judge him. Let's judge him by say January next year, um, and, and maybe we'll have a better idea of what he's like as a manager then. But but certainly not now. I, I think we need to stick with him and 
just trust him, to be honest. I always wanted to go for Frank Lampard. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure there no, was a few no. fans that did. I didn't, I didn't. Um, no, uh, yeah, I, I agree pretty much entirely with what you said. I think um, there's no point. You know, I've seen, I have seen, you know, various people getting at Gerard a little bit. But, you know, look, um, I think the vast majority of Villa fans probably th- think in line with probably how we think see it, you know, kind of in a more, well, look, you know, as, as you said, George, you know, um, he's working with a team that's not necessarily his. Could he be getting better results? Could another coach be getting better results? Um, yeah, probably. There probably are some managers who might who might have done better. Um, I think it's interesting that both Dean Smith and Stephen Gerrard have had similar issues managing the exact same players. Um, and I'm not saying it's attitude is an issue because I think the Villa players, I like them. I like this squad. I like. I, I like. I do think they actually try. I just think that structurally we're not. We're not about we're not balanced. I just think that centre midfield position is has been so we've got a lot of centre midfielders, but is do we have the right blend of midfielders? I'm not I don't think we do, and I haven't thought we have for a long time. Um, so I think any manager working with that is going to have their issues. Um, and I think it's what's been disappointing this season, I'd say mostly has been our defense defensively last year. There were periods where we looked really solid. Um, this year it seems to have regressed. Um for whatever reason, uh, but well, why, why, why do you think that is? Because you know, the, the, in terms of personnel, yeah. aside from Luca Dean, no one's no one's changed. You know, I, I wonder if it, I mean the crowds maybe make a difference. I think you know, the, Emmy Martinez said in an interview, you know, he saw a player and he thought um, when the crowds came back, he was hiding. Now we can speculate on who he was referring to there, but that does suggest to me that maybe. Crowds do have an impact um, on confidence sometimes um, and surety. But uh, maybe losing Grealish, the G word there, he takes a lot of pressure off your defence because he retains the ball for so long and he's such a great out with such a great outlet that your defence could set itself and prepare for you know him doing whatever he was going to do and. Um, maybe that that in itself has had a bit of an impact. Um, but, you know, and uh, who knows what sort of coaching changes. You know, John Terry left. Um, there were other co- Dean Smith coaches who left, new coaches this summer. Mm-hmm. Did that have a, an impact? That's only something you can answer, you know, from the players can answer, I think. Um, so coaching transitions and new managers, that probably doesn't help in, in that regard. But uh it's it's difficult to say, you know. Crowds might be an element of it. Um, Grealish loss could have an overall impact on the nature of the team, but uh, I, I I do look at Villa, and I I think as we say, you know, I think character in the sense of physical, confident players who you think can bully an opposition out of the, the game or go toe to toe with a team like West Ham. I think that's what I don't think we currently have. Um, so that's something I think we could rectify down, you know, in centre midfield and maybe even central defence, um, and possibly even up front. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think with Gerard, I mean, it, it's it's not really reasonable to be, you know, 
wanting him to be to 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 be out or to be replaced or whatever because what you know what's the point of that is it's just pointless and it's even pointless just having a go at him i mean it's in a way i just feel like he, he learned in the scottish leagues he showed that he can learn from you know mistakes in his first season there and can really excel in the, in the second season but it's different in the premier league premier league is much more unforgiving particularly when a manage, you manage a team like aston villa but uh, who are who are liable to periods of weird you know form but um, I think we just, you got to give them a chance. You know, I, I, I don't want to see us spending hundreds of millions again this summer, but the likelihood is we are going to be spending quite a bit of money whilst also bringing in quite a bit of money from outgoings. So we'll see what team lines up, time lines up at the start of next season. And we'll see how Villa go until probably December of next season. That's really when we, I think we can generally make an assessment of where we're going under Gerard. At the yeah. moment, yes, there's concerns. But I would say, you know, there's been a, there's been some good time, good moments, good performances, and hopefully we can see more of those good performances rather than some of the more concerning and at times naive um, matches that we've seen uh, more recently. I may be one of the only Villa fans to say this, but um, I mean, and to be honest, I mean, I know that there will be a lot of upheaval in the summer. And a lot of Villa fans are looking forward to a transfer window. And football fans generally look forward to a transfer window, which is busy, yeah. as in lots of players coming in, lots of money being spent. I don't really like that. Yeah, I think the sign, yeah, of, the, sign, yeah. the sign of a settled team, a team doing well, is that they make minor tweaks when they need to. I mean, so, some clubs don't sign anybody. Uh, they feel like, you know, they've got, they've got the right balance they don't need to make any amendments. And if they do, it's really subtle tweaks. It might be yeah. signing a young player with the anticipation that they might progress the next season or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't think a club making six or seven signings in the yeah. summer is good for anyone. Doesn't tend um, to. Nah, yeah. So, so if we do do that this summer, I really hope that's the last time that we do it in the program. Not the last time, but do you know what I mean? Like the last time for a we while. do it for a few. Yeah. So so Gerard signs the players he, he feels that we need. He moves on the players that he feels he doesn't want anymore. And then mm. we that's the that's then Gerard's base, which we work from. And then come January and in, in, in the summer, okay, there might be a few more outgoings or whatever, but generally we stick with a team. Mm. Um because you know, under under Smith, obviously when we got promoted, there was a there were wholesale changes, and then when we sold Grealish with the Grealish money, there were wholesale changes, yeah. and then now because Jarrah's come in, there'll be wholesale changes. So it's like I'd, just a bit of just familiarity and continuity would be appreciated. I'm a li- I'm a little bit kind of like it leaves a bit of a sour taste when I'm seeing Ings linked with a move away and Buendia not but actually I haven't seen Buendia linked with a move away but you could see he, that he would be because he mm. doesn't start anymore Bailey is linked with a move away already yeah I think but Bailey all, will go all, all these players that we brought in for a lot of money at the yeah. start of the season within a year potentially could all go and I just think it's bad bad business yeah so I, I just hope with with, with uh, and like but you know Gerard is, is, is not Smith you know Gerard brought these players in uh, sorry, um, Gerard came in uh, and and didn't didn't decide on these players at all. But again, we, you know, we sacked our director of football last season at the start of this season for some of the signings he made last summer. Pitark, yeah, Pitark, Jesus Pitark, and now this summer potentially, you know, you might be looking at our current, um, oh yeah, you know, you know Langer and thinking, 
what were you doing <laughs> signing these players? Because yeah. it's not that doesn't seem to seem to be working either. So yeah, I don't know. That's it's, that's it's, definitely something that we need to be thinking of. Tough job. One of the toughest tough jobs, job. I think, trying to sign the right players. You just sometimes it's a total loss. So you know, Leicester signing Riyad Mahrez and N'Golo Kante for nothing a few years ago. Who could have predicted the players they'd become? Really? Um, yeah, of course. And, and then there was um, there was um, there was Carr at, at Newcastle that that had one absolutely amazing season where he yeah. scouted like um, basically all the best players in France. Yeah, uh, and brought them over, like Denver Bar and stuff, and 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 then and then a couple of seasons later, he was I think he was sacked because of the other signings he made. So it's yeah, it's, exactly. it's it is a hard job, of course it is. Bring but... home Adama Traore from Barcelona. Bring him <laughs> home to Villa. Bring home uh, Veratu. Um, who's who? That that window there was a few players that went on to be actually really good. <laughs> well, absolutely, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. But um, who else? We had that that the midfielder that PSG who went to Everton, Gay oh, as it, well. It, it, it's a gay, it's a gay oh, yeah. God, God, we would need him now. He'd be an amazing defensive midfielder for us. Three players. Oh God, how do we cut? Oh, that season. Wow. But anyway, let's let's hope Gerard Gerard you know knows what he's doing this summer and can bring in some players that we actually do need. And um, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll 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 take it from there next summer. That was the spicy question and both George and I would like to see Stephen Gerrard given a bit more time and see what he does over this summer. If you agree with that or completely disagree, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or you can email us at allvillanofilla at gmail.com. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game. It's Leicester City away, another tricky one the weekend after next. Can Villa end their losing run against Leicester, Frankie? It's going to be another hard one, isn't it? Well, thank God we aren't playing over Easter weekend because I couldn't deal with Villa ruining a bank holiday for me. Um, we, 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 we need to sort of resurrection inform, don't we? Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> just Villa rising again. Um <sighs> to bring light into the world, uh, into our personal world, at least. Uh, yeah. I, Leicester, um, they're, they're, they've been in indifferent form all season. Quite hard to predict. Um, Madison's their main threat, obviously. Can we stop him, you know, causing our um, defence problems? Um, the way we're playing at the moment, I'm not convinced we will. Um, Harvey Barnes scares the life out of me. Scored against us at Villa Park, and Keenan Dewsbury Hall just got his first goal. Um, so you know, will he now go on a bit of a run of form? Um, Pats and Dacker will likely be playing up front if Jamie Vardy's not fit in time. He's been out for a little while and actually struggling with form a bit this season. There, Vardy, I think they're there to be beat. I think if we can play like we did, um. You know, first half against Tottenham. Uh, it's a big ask to do that, uh, particularly away from home. But if we can turn up, you know, play with that level of confidence, um, I think that we beat them already this season. There's absolutely no reason we can't cause them issues. Um, maybe if maybe Nakamba comes back, 
you know, it, it's a lot to ask of Nakamba to just come straight back in after months out and play a full 90 away at Leicester. But, you know, an extra week and a half and, I, I, you know, getting back to fitness. And I wouldn't be surprised if he at least features in that game. Um, but Leicester, you know, they beat Palace 2-1 at home. They beat Brentford 2-1 at home recently. So um, they're not, they're not, they're doing okay at home at least. Um, also beat Wren, I believe, at home in the Europa Conference League. So, um, yeah, we're going up against it. Um, God, we really need to make sure it's not five losses in a row because the danger is, you know, you know, Leeds, I think, are fifth bottom. And if they win, they go level on points with us. And suddenly Villa could be easily bottom five. And, you, you know, we're not, I'm not saying we're going to get, you know, dragged into the relegation scrap. I, I, I sort of doubt that now, really. Um, but, you know, like, Bottom five would be such a disappointing season, I think. Um, re- and kind of worrying about where we're going for next season, actually. Because sometimes, you know, the end of a season carries on into the next year. Um, like, like I think it did when we got relegated. I think the season before, if you remember, towards the end with Sherwood of that season when we made the FA Cup final, we also lost 6-0 to Southampton. That mm. Sadio Mane hat-trick. And there were a few other horrible defeats um, at the end of that season. So... Um, sometimes it carries over. So I think, God almighty, we need to go get a few good results um, and we've got the fixtures to do that. Um, it's just, you know, Leicester away is at the one. Um, I think I, 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 we can't lose forever. And so I think we, um, <laughs> I think we do. I think, I think we draw 1-1. Yeah, I was thinking 1-1. Yeah, no, I, 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 I yeah. I'm I'm with you on the kind of you know we're we're not we're not going to get relegated, but I I do think that we need to arrest this, yeah, alarming slump in form um, as soon as we can. And um, okay, you know Spurs are Spurs; they're challenging for the Champions League. Uh, Leicester, they've been really patchy all season. I mean, give you know there there were rumours that um, that Brendan Rodgers could 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 go early this year. Um, Brendan. Yeah, uh, which I mean, would it just be daft? I mean, why would you get rid? Of, why would they get rid of him? He's a he's a he's a he's a really great manager, and um, I think he, yeah, he he's, he's entitled he's entitled to have a bit of a dodgy. Yeah, not, he's not a dodgy. You know, like you got to consider. I know Leicester won the league and everything, but won the FA Cup last season, didn't he? They? Won the FA Cup last season. He did. He did. You know, you, you just you know you got to stick with managers sometimes and um yeah and they've stuck with with him and uh, okay they'll finish probably mid-table this year probably ninth or tenth which is you know fine and you know, yeah. they're still they're still going in in europe whatever that weird competition but is sometimes um, you know, yeah I, I did think that actually i was like hang on are they in the europa league no, the conference, league. <laughs> europa oh, conference league. i don't i have no idea what that competition is but they're in europe uh and and i think they who are they play in psv uh yeah so, you know, it's like the but... Intertoto Cups just sort of glammed up a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> I say that when when Villa are in it, I'll be like, "This is the biggest competition. <laughs> We've got to win this." Well, it's a very, it's a very. It does sound like a very Villa competition to be in, though. To be honest, <laughs> make um... it to the quarterfinals and lose to Trabs on Spore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, or you know, I don't know FC Copenhagen or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they. Yeah, they've they've got good good recent form at home. Um, they are a good side. They've got some players that can absolutely hurt us, Tielemans and Madison, and yeah, you know, even at the back, you know, Schmeichel's a good, good keeper. Justin's a good defender. Uh, Dewsbury Hall looks like the kind of next big thing. Um, but they can be got at. You know, 
I think I think we've got to probably stick with I think Watkins and Ings up front. Okay, yes, they didn't have their shooting boots on on Saturday, but hopefully they'll be back at it again um, when we face Leicester. Uh, and um, you know, hopefully one of them finds the net. Um, and I think it'll be I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be one of those. It is a good match. Strange... Villa, Le- Villa Leicester is a good fixture actually. Apart from the four nil and the four one, they got against us. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's actually it's the last couple of seasons. It's actually been and the you know the semi final we had against them where we beat them. Um, it's been it's quite a. The, 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 I think they're two teams who like to play decent. They try they try and play decent football. So yeah, exactly. And they're, they're two teams that they look at each other and probably think, oh, we can beat we can beat them or whatever. So yeah. it's, it's, it's always the ones that they're quite competitive yeah. generally. So um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we, we, as I say, arrest this run of form. I, I just can't see us beating them. I mean, we obviously we no. can do, but I just can't see it away. No, um, but, but I think, yeah, I think we do, we do prevent a fifth defeat uh, on the bounce. I think we, yeah, we leave the walkers with a one order as well. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. See you later, Frankie. Catching a bit, George, up the villa. Up the villa, and it is goodbye from me too. Uh, we will be back to review Leicester loss. I mean, game in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, but until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. Hold up. 